Hey guys, thanks as always for the stream, for the download, for tuning in to Coming Up Next, the podcast. If you're not already subscribed to the show, head to comingupnext.com.au where you can find links to subscribe on whatever platform it is that you listen to, as well as the entire back catalogue of podcast rambles. If this is your first week, welcome. If this is not your first week, welcome back. And uh, you can find all the archives of the show at comingupnext.com.au. A big shout out to Dave Hearn uh, from Mischief Theatre for joining me last week on the show chatting about uh, creating the comedy that's taken the world, the West End, Broadway, uh, by storm, the play that goes wrong. It's uh, it's an incredible conversation. Um, If you haven't checked it out, check it out at comingupnext.com.au. This week, I am welcoming back... Uh, familiar voice to the chat cave, Michaela Bannis. You may know her from uh, Upper Middle Bogan. You may know her from McLeod's Daughters. Uh, she's all over Australian television, and this week she will be all over Australian cinema with a new film, That's Not My Dog, set to be released in cinemas. Uh, That's Not My Dog is a film that's celebrating uh, Australia's love for telling jokes. It's a film that centers around uh, Shane Jacobson, who's playing himself, who's throwing a party. He invites the funniest people he knows to come. Uh, The premise is simple. Don't bring meat. They're going to provide the beer. Just come with the funniest joke that you know. So in a nutshell, it's a night of great friends telling the world's funniest jokes over beer and barbecue. Check your local listings in the newspaper or call CinemaLine to find out when it's playing and where it's playing at a cinema near you. Michaela tells me all about the film. Uh, she catches me up on uh, on her life, as well as giving me her thoughts on the Me Too movement. So I think it's about that time in the introduction where I say, that's enough from me. Moving right along, let's get to it. Episode 143, as coming up next, the podcast welcomes back Michaela Bannis. <laughs> too much of myself <laughs> I got to interview you though you did get to interview me so is this a two-way thing again or is it just all I mean it's, it's 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 what it's whatever it ends up being I guess mm-hmm. I don't really have still don't really have a plan great through two or three years no later plan. or whatever however yeah. long we are now in from episode two to God. I guess when you interviewed me it was episode 50 and now it's how many has it been I think this week is 136. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 136? Yeah, I won't go away. That's amazing. No, that's fantastic. I'm excited. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I I haven't planned when I'll release this one, so I'm not sure when it'll actually be. 200. Yeah. Possibly. Maybe this will be one of the unreleased hidden episodes. Yeah. <laughs> 202. It would be a nice symmetry. Uh, it's cool getting to or, or being at that point now as well where where I am starting to speak with people who I have spoken to previously and kind of yeah. catch up yeah. on what they've been up have to. You, have you done that a bit? 
Uh, I did. So I did a second one with a musician that I'd spoken to. Yeah. I've done another one with a producer who I spoke to and recently did another one with Tegan as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just saw her a couple of days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. That's short awesome. film together. Was that on Saturday? Yeah. yeah one of my friends was, was working on it. Oh. Uh, Brenton Wade. He's very tall. What does he do? Very handsome man. He usually produces. No, but he produces TV oh. commercials, but I'm not sure what he was doing on that. He just said he was helping out. Bless. Yeah, there, was, there were quite happens. a few people, actually. It was a good yeah, good crew. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, sorry, I've gone off, off topic, standard. It's all right. Last time, I think we opened by talking about how the acronym of the podcast was CUNT. CUNT. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're probably slightly ahead of where we were then. Yeah. But it's it's cool. It's been a cool way not only to create more content, but also just to catch up with people. Yeah. Have you? Was that the intention that you'd revisit or is it just that you've gone, there are people I want to touch base with again and see where they're at? Or you just like you do with everything else, just winging it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say there's a big master plan. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the idea is always to like, I mean, it's been three years almost since yeah. I guess we did that chat. Oh so it's like... I was thinking this morning, I was like, oh, I think it's been two years, but no, that'd be right. Yeah. Far out. Because it started Why it in... Why don't I sit on the floor? I feel like that's better. All right. You sit no, on the floor. Closer to you, and then I can put my face near the microphone. All right, fine. You that's be good. smart. Look at me on the floor. Microphone person. <laughs> now I'm going to come down to your level. Otherwise, I'll lean down and it's just dumb. This way we can just sit on the floor and talk shit. All right. The shoes best off. way to talk shit. Yeah, I'm going to take my shoes off. I'm going to take my shoes off then. This is happening. Yeah. Live. Live. Shoes off. One shoe. It's good that this is a visual medium. It's so great. And people will just really be enjoying this bit yeah. if it makes it to the cut. Yeah. I wow, think. how good was the bit where they took their shoes off? Wow. At least it wasn't Nick <laughs> taking his pants off. <laughs> yeah, good point. He got banned from the show. Oh. Took his pants off too much. Well, you know. Yeah. You'll learn your lesson, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, I guess, I guess. Time's up, mate. Time's up. <laughs> yeah. Show some fucking decorum. You know? Mm. Have a bit of fucking class. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I noticed that there was a very large ring on your finger. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> mm. This is not something that I knew about you I know, prior well, to you walking in. It's pretty new. How new? Yeah, a couple of months. Right. Is this not something that we want to talk about in public? I don't know. Public? I tell, I've been, no, I haven't been public about it. Okay. I'm telling friends when I see them, so my plan was to tell you. Right. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Um, but it's very exciting. It is very exciting. Mm. How mm-hmm. long have you guys been? We've been together for two. It's Toby. You know Toby? I don't think I have Trust met him. Up. I know of him. Yeah. So we've been together for two and a half years. Wow. Just after this podcast would have been huh, interesting. coming out. He heard your pod- podcast and was mm. like, that's the girl for me. Yeah. Um, but we've known each other for 15 years. Wow. Mm. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. So it's very exciting. How'd you guys meet 15 years ago? Um, just through mutual friends. Uh, and both were in relationships and all that sort of stuff over the years. And it just always got on really well and always, um, would always end up hanging out. But in group scenarios, you know, at, mm. at friends' birthdays or whatever. And then, you know, it just was kind of... 
never the right time. It's all about timing. Yeah. Like a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> My relationship's like a good, to- good joke. It's yeah. all about timing. That's yeah. right. Any relationship's probably yeah. like a good joke. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. If you want to have a good laugh at the end of it, that's for sure. Mm. At the end of it? Mm. At the end of your life, you want to have a good laugh. That's how I want to go out. Laughing. Mm. Just choking from laughing too hard. That'd be great. How good would it be to die from laughing too hard? <laughs> that would be the best. That's probably the best way to die. That I, I mean, I have of. laughed till I'm in excruciating pain. Mm. And that's actually not as fun as, you know, it should be. You've got tears so rolling like, no, down your hurting. face. Yeah, your it's hurting hurts. now. It's hurting yeah. now. But, but you can't would, stop. That would be the way to die. Mm. I'd be happy with that. Just be like, ah, oh, it hurts so much, my face. Oh. <laughs> I can't breathe anymore. I'm laugh- like the laughing's coming out more than I'm, I'm able to breathe in. Yeah. And then just pass out and off you go. That would be a good way to go. To the next place, whatever that is. To wreck? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So how did, how did you guys bridge the gap two and a half years ago then? It was funny because I didn't know. <laughs> Neither of us knew. Well... I didn't know they were dates. He says he didn't really know if they if they were dates when we went on our first couple of dates because we caught up at a friend's birthday and he was like, oh, we've, we, you know, we always got, we've got to catch up, we've got to catch up and we never did. And it probably was never appropriate over the years. We both had partners and we weren't friends that hung out one-on-one. We were friends that caught up in group situations. And so we finally, yes, we really have to. And then I got a text message that was like, hey, I'm on your side of town doing some writing. Do you want to catch up for that, you know, catch up for a drink and stuff? And I was like, yes, let's do that. And then I cancelled, I think, and changed. I said, oh, can you do this day or whatever? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then we caught up. And because I didn't think it was a date, I was just like, here's all my crap <laughs> out on the table. <laughs> like we just were having a heart to heart as friends and and I just wasn't putting my A game on, which is never the intention, but you can't help it if you go on a date to try to look your best, to behave the best way that you can. Give I'm a very like, false impression of who you are. Just absolutely lie through your teeth. No, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like you put your A game on, you yeah, want to have yeah, your sure. best foot forward. And I just wasn't doing doing that at all. And I don't think he was either really. And it was just very open conversation that went for like five hours. Wow. I'm like, God, I got you. I better go home. Like, see ya. Oh gosh, it's late. And then I got a, you know, a couple of messages saying, "So great to see you." And and then, um, you know, I'm on your side of town again next week. If you want to catch up again, I was like, Yeah, yeah, I've got tickets to a film festival. Do you want to come? But it was this one. Like, I just found, you know, two catch ups in a short space of time. And then we were in the at this film festival, and just just the two of us just talk, 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 and then. In the cinema, I was like, oh, that's weird. I want to hold his hand <laughs> like a 12-year-old. I didn't, but that oh. was this sort of feeling I had of, oh, I'd l- oh, I feel like I want to hold his hand. That's weird. And then again, see you, buddy. You know, bye. And I said to a friend of mine, I said, I, I think he's interested in me, but I'm not sure and I don't know if these are dates. And it's very odd because I've known him for so long. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And he was like... My mate was like, you just kiss him and then you'll know. <laughs> and I was like, well, sure, that's a that's a way to tell, isn't it, I guess? I said, I adore him. I, you know, I always have. Get, we get on great. So 
and then I was doing a play. He came to the opening night. This is such a long, boring story. Edit, edit. But he came to the opening night. Um, he'd been in touch a lot since then. And then um, we went dancing afterwards. A group of us, we made out on the dance floor like 15-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I do like him. Yeah, there's something here. And that was it. It was kind of, I think, I, if, you've, if you've been friends with someone for 15 years and you get together, it's not, a, it's not ever really going to be a flash in the pan kind of fling thing I think we both knew that it was going to be something potential it had potential well you've got the base of the kind of friendship already there that's it that's it and that's the key to any good relationship is you know is to be good friends or best friends and so yeah it just it just went from there and yeah that was it mm. <laughs> it happens it happens yeah interesting point of uh, question or interesting question. Mm. I was having this discussion with someone last weekend about the whole premise of the first kiss that you have with someone. Mm-hmm. And I've always been of the opinion that an impulsive way of doing it is better than a permissive way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, in the current oh. climate, yeah. It would the 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 debate was that it's actually from the female's point of view probably I guess from either point of view if you don't ask permission first then the other person may in some instances just go with it because it's less awkward or uncomfortable. Sure, there is an element of that for sure that I agree with, but I also think. And I think this is true for with regards to the current climate of this Time's Up movement and Me Too and all this stuff about crossing the line sexually with, in work and all this sort of stuff and people are, and in your personal life. And it's really tricky stuff to navigate. It's really, really interesting conversations have been had and more will take place. But I think that most people, I like to think, maybe I am live in a bubble, but... I think most people can read signs, um, read energy. They can tell when something is appropriate, when it's not. Because I've worked on shows and and stuff and said and done really inappropriate stuff and so have other people, men, women, whoever. Um, Because it's all in fun and we all know that and we can tell that and there's a sense of this is okay and it's safe and you're okay with this and we're all okay with this stuff. Um, Like in a relationship, you know, that first kiss thing, you go and sometimes the woman initiates it, sometimes the man and if you're (laughs) two men, you know, two women, whatever, whatever your your deal is, someone initiates it and the thing is... One of the parties. One party will initiate and the thing is you can usually tell when someone wants you to do that so I say if you feel quite confident that they do it's still okay (laughs) to be spontaneous and move in for a kiss then if they don't want you to they can move away and say sorry that I'm not really interested in you in that way and then yeah it's awkward but whatever you gave it a gave it a crack (laughs) and that has happened to me before it's happened to it's happened to everybody it's happened Mm. to all of us you know where you've gone hey and hey and they're like no um so, you know, and that's the risk you take by being spontaneous instead of going, may I kiss you, which is also lovely as well. But I don't think there's anything wrong with the doesn't spontaneity. It doesn't quite have that carnal feel though, does it? It doesn't. And that's the thing. I don't think, I don't think 
this whole movement and this whole t- time is talking about let's lose spontaneity and passion and excitement and all of that stuff at all. Mm. It's about understanding and reading another person and knowing when things are okay. And and I think that a lot of the people who've been coming out of the woodworks lately, I mean, that sounds sinister, but um, stuff that's been coming out in the media about certain people in certain positions of power, potentially, I don't know, I'm not them, but potentially they don't know how to read those signs and they're not understanding that a line has been crossed and that this person isn't comfortable or doesn't want that behavior to continue, that sort of thing. I I think, I like to think most people do though, Mm. know how to read that stuff. Yeah. And I think that there are probably some of the more extreme cases where they've been aware of the line, but they're just using their power or they're yielding. Absolutely. They're thinking, yeah, I don't know, too predatorially or too... Well, I think a lot of people in power don't get told no very Mm. often. So I'm certainly not defending the behavior, but I think they think it's okay. Like actually legitimately think it's fine. I mean, some of them are wielding it, but I think some people in power who, who don't get told, Hey, that behavior is not all right with me out of fear. Um, they think it's okay. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. I worked on, um, the reshoots for all the money in the world. The film that they wow, did you? Cut, yeah, shot out, shot Christopher Plummer into Kevin Spacey's role. Wow, did you? And it was, it was just a strange time to sort of be in that world, in that sort of space, in that sphere. I bet. And without going into any sort of specifics, it's sort of like everyone that I spoke to, not necessarily on the film, but sort of around that world, was like yeah, everyone knew about Kevin Spacey. Everyone had a story. This is the thing. This is what upsets me the most about it is that this common knowledge, Mm. it it was, it's common knowledge that certain people, that's the way they are. That's shit. Yeah. That's not okay. And yeah, I have heard, I've never met Kevin Spacey, never worked with him and probably never will now. (laughs) And I'd heard things about him, all sorts of stories about him. You actually uh, told a story last time we spoke, which I thought about um, not long ago, when you interviewed Russell Brand and he tried to kiss you. Yep. Was that a similar sort of experience or was that like a gag sort of? No, that was a gag. And that's yeah. the thing. I, I you know, um, it, it, it crossed lines and, the, and it, was, it was inappropriate, but I wasn't, I didn't feel... Un- too uncomfortable. It was awkward, but yeah, just. Yeah. But it was a. It was gag. It was a joke, and it was play and silly, and there was a flirty thing going on, and and so, I was okay with it, to be honest. Um, but someone else might not have been, mm. and that's the thing. It's I think would he maybe he wouldn't have done that if I had sent off a hey that's this is the line yeah, <laughs> you know <yeah. laughs> you know and I have boundaries don't get me wrong but you know I, I don't. I, that was okay. I had another situation on radio that was not okay when I interviewed a very, very high-powered person, man, and um, someone I really respected and admired, and unfortunately. And he, uh, at the end of doing an interview for radio, you always do a, have a photo with the logo and stuff behind you for mm. the website, you know. And all through 
the interview, I was interviewing him with um, uh, a man, another man, <clears throat> the um, my co-host, who was male, and he uh, would ask this person questions and then the guy just kept sort of turning his attention to me and talking about my appearance, which, you know, was quite nice initially. I was like, oh, well, you know, that's very sweet. Um, and then I would bring the conversation back to the interview and, and then he just kept repeating about how I looked and that he had sons that would be interested in me and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, we're not here to talk about that. And I tried to sort of joke my way around it and that was fine. I could handle that and my co-host could handle it. But at the end of the interview, we said, oh, can we take a photograph um, with you? And um, he said, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Come here and patted his lap for me to sit on his knee. Good grief. Oh, and I went, I went, oh, and I thought, how do I get a, around this, you know, in a polite way? Because God forbid you be rude to someone of this caliber and this in this sort of powerful position. And I said, oh, actually, you know, we might just stand up and, you know, we'll do the logo and all that, you know, it's for the website, blah, 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 you know, ha, 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 if that's all right. And he went, nah. And then, and I turned around to sort of go to the producer's Um, do we do the photo somewhere else? Like I didn't really know what to do. And I turned around and he stuck his hand down the back of my pants and grabbed like right down the back of my pants Mm. and grabbed my jeans and pulled me onto his lap and then ran his hand across my breasts um, in a like a hug kind of situation and was holding on to me. He goes, let's take the picture. And I was just like, I was in shock. And I just sort of sat there and then my co-host was like, um, and I was like, cool, okay. Uh, and we took this photo and there's a photograph of me sitting on this person's lap with my co-host looking very awkward behind it. And all the producers and all his people were all just like, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's just what he does kind of thing. And, and I, I felt horrible. It was awful. Yeah. It was really gross. And I never said anything and I didn't do anything. And I'm a really forthright sort of quite empowered woman who it was just all a big blur and it all happened very quickly and it was really uncomfortable and I didn't know, like I wouldn't know who to say anything to. Even like, I'm like, if even if I went to the police, they'd be like, oh, well, but you know, that's the kind of guy, he, you know, I got, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. feeling around it. Not that I'd go to the police, like you know, but but it was not. A, it was definitely inappropriate, and the way that it's just kind of fogged sexual. off, as in as that's as just that's, the just, way that's he just is. the way he is, and he's known that to be that okay. kind of person. Yeah, that's fucked up. That is fucked up, and so that's just a little thing of many things that I've encountered, and that many many women have encountered, and it's there's different scales of different things, but. I do get a little bit pissed off because I, I hear, well, why didn't you say anything so much? And I'm like, because you're fucking scared. You're, you're surprised mostly. Yeah. In the moment, you're surprised. So you don't say anything in the moment. You're embarrassed. It's embarrassing. And you're scared. Mm. And and then people are like, oh, why, did, why bring it up, you know, five years later, 10 years, 20 years later? And it's like, well... Because now feels like a time where it's safe to do that, yeah. and that, and that's a good thing. And and I think more and more things will come out. But uh, but the thing that makes me the maddest is when everyone goes, "Oh yeah, 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 he's totally, oh yeah, he's he's, he's a shocker," <laughs> like, yeah. and and he's 
continually employed to work around women. I mean, and probably paid a lot of money, and paid and... more than them yeah. to do so. You know, it's it's not cool. I mean, I have had so many conversations in the last, I reckon, month like this one, mm. most days with most of my friends. So it's really, it's really interesting. It's interesting times. And I get a lot of emails and phone calls from media and press and things about, you know, Australian people in the, that have had stories coming out about them because I know them or have worked with them and, you know... I, if, it's, if I'm not in this situation, it's not for me to speak on really. All I can do is say I support, I support women and I support, I support this, this thing that's happening because uh, it's, it's overdue. Absolutely. If, and, it, and there is, you know, speaking of, I guess, reading energy, there is a great kind of, feels like there's a sort of great transition happening right yeah. now, which is very cool. It is very cool. I mean, it's horrible that it's sort of come to this tipping point. It is. Or that it's taken this tipping point to kind of create this next level transition. Yeah. But like historically, it's a very kind of cool moment. It's a great moment. It's a great moment. And, you know, just even on a a tiny level, on a personal level for, for me anyway, the fact that this is happening... You know, I I posted something about Oprah Oprah's speech at, at at the Globes. I just went, I just wrote Oprah 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 on my Facebook page, and someone said, "Oh yeah, she's good, but she's not that good." And posted pictures of her with Harvey Weinstein, hugging and being friendly. And I was like, "Um, I'm not. T- I'm just talking about her speech." Mm. I'm not talking about her being a perfect person and I'm also I can't speak to to whatever relationship she had with Harvey Weinstein but and it's just triggered this whole online kind of debate with this person where normally I would never have engaged I would have just gone oh don't say anything and this time I went no fuck it <laughs> like yeah. fuck it I'm fuck the say- trolls well, and he wasn't trolling. He was just voicing an opinion and right. it wasn't nasty. But but I was just like, actually, no, nah, nah, fuck off. You know, I'm going to say something about what you're saying here because it, it's absolutely not related to, to what I'm talking about and you don't actually know <laughs> some of this stuff. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I just for the first time went, yeah, it, w- it was good for me because for the first time I thought, oh, I'm going to respond to this. I'm not just going to go, oh, don't say anything. Mm. And it is easier, I guess, and in some ways, I think, uh, where, like, when you start doing a lot of self-development work, I think you kind of try and condition yourself almost to not be reactive, and then you almost kind of dilute all of your own opinion. This is my experience anyway, which I'm now having an awareness around that, where I'm like, wait, I don't really argue with anyone about anything even if I believe passionately about the opposite because mm. I'm like well I know that I like I I know my opinion and I don't need to but then sometimes there is there is a, a case or a cause or if you are mm. you know if you do feel very passionately about something or even if you just want to stand up for yourself in mm. your own point of view that's really interesting because I, I yeah I think I'm probably quite reactive internally. <laughs> yeah. And and I think when you do work on yourself in terms of 
you know, personal development and things like that. Maybe that's something that I need to work on a little bit because I, I, I think I, I'm very reactive, at least inside, and I often just don't do anything about it. No, I think, uh, yeah, I think everyone's reactive inside. I think it's how you externalize it that the work is about. Right. See, I don't like confrontation. Believe it or not, people are like, when I tell people that, that they're like, what? I don't like it. Speaking I've of never, confrontations. I've never had an argument with a partner. I don't think I've ever had an argument with my mum. Um, I, I don't like arguments. I don't like any, even not even an argument. I don't like disagreement. I, mm. I struggle. And that's something I'm trying to take care of because I think it's healthy to, to not fight, but to, to have conflict and resolve it and all that sort of stuff. But I, I spend most of my time just trying to avoid it, avoid conflict at all costs. Yeah. And it used to be to my detriment actually, because I would just get walked all over. So I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning to speak up, but it's, it's new. Mm. And I also think that it can have a powder keg effect if you don't get it out. It's like, yeah. like gas, you know, you got to get yeah. better out than in. Well, I, I express, I think I express it. I mean, it's funny on one level, but interesting. I express it in the car, <laughs> which I think a lot of people do. Right. I would never go up and yell at somebody <laughs> to their face. It's so sneaky, really. It's so sly. But I'll be in the, I, I'm a really great driver and everyone else is a shit driver. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the, a lot of people do this. So I, don't, I know that I won't be alone. But I express a lot of that stuff that I think I hold on to in the car in and traffic. In, yeah. But not, not to the point where I'm getting out and being crazy. But just. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think there are many out. people that get out of their car and go crazy. There are some. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's where it comes out for me. You probably also get it out in your work, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, depending on the role and stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm. For sure. If there's an opportunity, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the good thing about what I do is we get to sort of release all these different things at different times. It means we have to access them, but they get released. I think most people don't get to do that. That's why I think. People need exercise and sport and things like that because it's a physical release of what your body's holding on to. Mm. I should exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I only just started since I've been back in Melbourne, a sort of uh, consistent exercise regime again. Because what are you doing? What are you doing? What's the thing? Uh, I mean, nothing special. I'm just mm. going to the gym. I'm looking for the magic. Four or five like... <laughs> times a week and playing indoor soccer. Indoor oh, soccer, good. I realized, is like my outlet at the moment and I only realized it when I was unable to play a one week and I got so angry that I couldn't play right and I realized that because it is a very intense focused um, team sport mm. that it's you know 40 minutes of just running and oh yeah fairly kind of it's 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 about as aggressive as a non-contact sport can be yep um, I get a lot of that sort of stuff out when I play, mm. when I play the game. So uh, yeah, so I realized only recently how Im- important it is for me to actually have that sort of activity in yeah. my week. When I was in my twenties, I did a bit of boxing. So maybe I should look at doing that again. Cause that's such a great, mm. it's definitely a good way to get yeah. uh, residual anger out. Stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, yeah, it's good for you in many ways. Yeah. That's probably one of the best cardio workouts you'll get oh my gosh yeah i don't think i'd survive 
Were you Any doing it for now? anything in particular or just? No, for... I just enjoyed it. I just really enjoyed it. Mm. <laughs> I clearly subconsciously needed it. <laughs> <laughs> do you do many things that you enjoy at the moment in your life? I do lots of things I enjoy because I'm, I'm not working. So right. <laughs> everything's enjoyable because <laughs> I'm unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah. just spent some time in LA, didn't you? Trying to... I've spent, I spent most of last year in LA. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? It was really interesting. The first trip I went was at the start of the year during what's known as pilot season and that's when they make a lot of pilots with, um, and there's, it's a really busy auditioning time. And so we went, we went over there sort of thinking we'd be pretty busy and we were but it was a lot of um, self-tapes, so filming it yourself and sending the tapes in instead of going in and meeting the casting people which, you know, we can do from home in Australia, um, unfortunately. But we did go out a fair bit, but it kind of was a really different pilot season um, because there were big shifts happening over in the States post that whitewashed Oscars um, about diversity, and um, which is really exciting, really exciting. So it was an interesting little pilot season. So then when, when we went back mid-year for six months, I, I sort of went, look, I don't know what what we should expect now because it's, it feels like things are changing and, and, and I don't want to have expectations because then you think something's going to happen one way and it doesn't. So I just was trying to keep a really open mind and I also just wanted to go and enjoy myself. <laughs> Life's too short and there's other things in life other than work and I wanted to go exploring and doing things and meditate and, you know, mm. go shopping and, you know, go for walks and go on a little mini trip. And um, so, yeah, so it was a really cool trip because we did a lot of stuff, uh, not a lot of auditions. <laughs> um, and when I got there, my management had said to me, um, they were pretty upfront about, you know, if there are five roles you're right for, you might get seen for two maybe because you're white. And I was like, Wow, how amazing, mm. <laughs> how incredible. I mean, shit for me, but <laughs> but so great for the world. Like, you know, yeah. and to, to be over there with my partner and he, he you know, he's a, in his 40s, he's a, a white man. There was very little work for, there's very little interest in uh, white men at the moment. Women, a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, you know. I certainly, you know, went and had some great meetings and did some really great auditions and had some success but no jobs. And that's okay. Mm. Because we had a really great time together and we and we um we went on trips and we got you know engaged at the end of our trip, but <laughs> but <laughs> I actually sort of I'm you know, you know we, we've talked about stuff before, but I'm a little little bit of a hippie in some ways and and I at the end of the trip was like, wow, we spent all this time and all this money over here and we turned down work in Australia to be there. And, you know, um, it was, you know, it was tough in that regard. But I actually was saying to Toby, I said, oh, you know, I think the good thing, I think the reason we didn't get busy work-wise was so that you and I get to really have a solid foundation in our relationship. Yeah, we've been together for two and a half years, but... If we do get busy, which I hope and think we will, at some stage we'll be so busy we'll barely see each other. But if you've got a really strong place to come from with each other in that regard, 
you can get through that sort of stuff. So mm. um, it was really good. It was really good for us, I think. And, you know, we're building a future. And so it's going to be, there's going to be quiet times, there's going to be busy times, there's going to be great times, there's going to be terrible times. So um, I think it was a really nice trip to have just the two of us, you know, build something strong to stand on from here out, you know? Yeah, that's a great perspective or great way to look at it. Well, because I think... As I'm getting older, I'm just, you know, I love my job and, and I love what I do and it's a huge part of my life and it's been a, the biggest part of my life for so long. Um, but I do need, have, I have been really concentrating on making sure that I have other things in my life that are as important and cared for because I think in the past um, it's been my only priority and um, that's there's more to life than that you know and I love it and I don't want to stop loving it I don't want to I don't want to turn around and you know resent resent it for keeping me from doing xyz you know like any relationship your career is a relationship you have so I'm trying to get the balance it's not easy I don't know that I'm doing it well but I'm trying (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah was it uh was it confronting might be the wrong word, but to kind of arrive in a place like LA mm. and be met with essentially starting again, I guess. In, you know, obviously you have all the work, your body of work that you've done here. Sure. And everything that you've done over the last 25 30 years, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you're still kind of back at that point where mm. you're sending in self-tests ta- self and you're... Sure. meeting everyone for the first time and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's pros and cons to that. I think, um, you know, I like to be quite positive about things, but there are there are cons <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's tough to, to not have any established relationships with anyone because relationships are a big part of our industry. And, you know, over here, I know casting people, I know producers, I know directors, I know other actors. We've all worked together before. It's a small industry and, and work begets work, you know. Um, but over there, no one, like you said, no one knows who I am. And um, the difficult thing is that you don't get those little jobs that, you know, uh, it's, it's come your way because people know you. Um and it's tough to get in a room because the novelty of the Aussie is is kind of been and gone. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, 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 you know, that's great. But, um, you know, so you have to bring your A game in a lot of ways. And and sometimes you can't get in a room and sometimes you can't get an audition. And um, some people go over there and just can't get representation and can't get auditions. So it's, it's really difficult. I'm fortunate I managed, I think, because of – the work I've done over here to get representation and I do get in the room over there but it is at the very bottom with people who are just starting out but the good thing about that is is I have a body of work behind me and so I go into a room with people who don't often have a body Mm. of work behind them and all that experience and all the technique and everything that you've learned sure yeah so I think it works in my favor on some level because they don't know who I am and um I tend to do pretty good work somewhat, sometimes not. But, mm. you know, um, so that that that's a good thing. 
And also I can be anything. I can reinvent myself in a way. Yeah. So I got, you know, over there I'm really sort of focusing on comedy. And I can go into a room and think they have no preconceived idea of who, what kind of actor I am. Whereas in a room here, I mean, I, a couple of casting people won't see me because I'm the girl from McLeod's Daughters, you know. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and that was 10 years ago and I've done a lot of stuff since then yeah. and had some really great opportunities because some wonderful people thought outside the square. But some people just go, oh, yeah, her. we know what she can do. Put you in a box. Kind of. Or they just think they know my capabilities. Mm. And I like to think that I I have more capabilities than potentially they think. and and Or I just like to push myself outside my boundaries all the time. And in America, no one knows who I am or what I've done or what kind of actor I might be. So I can go into a comedy audition and just balls to the wall, go crazy, you mm. know, or go into a drama and do some quirky, kooky thing, you know, and, and take really big risks because why not? Because they don't know. And that's, you know, that's interesting. That's, yeah, that's exciting. a gift for sure. Yeah. So that's the benefit as well. Mm. And I guess when you have the level of experience that you have and you kind of know where things stand, like the auditions are never personal and that it's all just, yeah. you know, just a chance. It's, to- it's harder over there though. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, at least in an audition in Australia, you sort of have a little bit of a chat and you have, have a couple of cracks at it. In America, I mean, once, once you progress to producers and, 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 you know, further down the auditioning line, it, you get a bit more conversation. But in those early, early stages, you go in they say, hi, how are you? Any questions, stand on the mark and go one take and you're done. Like you're in and out in a matter of minutes. It's yeah. ter- It's quite confronting and and no handshake, no. And sometimes they barely look at you and it's re- it can be really confronting. Um, and, and I'm always nervous in auditions. I'm nervous in auditions in Australia. Like I'm, I'm, and I'm nervous when I work. I just shot a short film on the weekend, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous!" And they were like, "Why are you nervous for?" I'm like, <laughs> "Because I'm nervous. I'm always nervous. Yeah. I, you know, I want to do good work, and I want to do the writing justice. You know, mm. it's scary. Um, so yeah, but but America is yeah, it's full on. You just go in like. Hi, how are you? Great. Stand on the mark, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then you just do your thing. And like, okay, thank you. And you're like, okay, thank you. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is like a little Tasmanian devil. Out the go, you know, yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's certainly uh, um, an amped up world. Yeah. And everyone's trying to make an impression and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's really, I'm like, how do I, the only way I can make an impression is by doing the best work I can do. So I just, that's what I try to do because I don't, I'm not going to make an impression with my personality with <laughs> high stand on the mark, you yeah. know, like, thank you. Like, that's it. Yeah. So. Well, I guess that, you know, it's, it's really is just all about the work to an extent. I mean, there's uh, other mitigating factors like how you look and how tall you are. And who you know. Who you know. and <laughs> Yeah. All that sort of stuff, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It's a it's a shark tank. It's sink or swim. It is, but I kind of, you know, Francis McDormand um, said something about 
I will totally misquote this, but it was in this ballpark about she's like, I'm never going to be the, the, the prettiest. I'm never going to be the this, the, the leading, you know, I'm never going to be all these things that I think they want me to be. So all I can do is be the best actor or just do the best work that I can do. You know, it was it was that mm. kind of thing. And I thought, you know, I'm 40 this year. I'm not 20. I'm not 20 in America and pretty and like I'm moving into a different area and I'm you know, I'm attractive, but I'm not like everyone stops and turns when I walk in the room, you know, so I have to be good because <laughs> I kind of look standard. You know what I mean? Like if you really, I, I'm, I'm not being self-deprecating. I just go, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm fine looking. Sometimes I look really nice. I can look like shit, you know, which I think is great, mm. but I have to be good. That's all I can do. I can't control anything else. I can't control getting older. I can't control being the height that I am. You know, I can adjust things physically, but but at the end of the day, I just need to be good at what I do. Yeah, and be um, hardworking. Yeah, and pleasant to work with. Yeah. <laughs> Not a pain in the ass. So I was uh, chatting to someone yesterday who is a mother and she was very proud of her sons and she said i think she said i think i did did good and i said yeah you did mm. you did do good and she said i i think i've come to realize that as long as you raise children who have a good work ethic and are polite yeah you can't really ask for more than that yeah my partner's niece and nephew have such great manners and i notice it because they're always so polite and i i commented to his brother, like, oh, your kids. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like it was nothing. But I, it's it matters. It really matters. I think it's important. And I think it's, you know, if you're a pleasure to work with, people want to work with you more. And you might as well go and enjoy yourself. And if you're a pain in the ass, it's not fun for you. It's not fun for anyone. So what's the point? Like, you're getting to do what you love. Enjoy it. Yeah. Sure, you're going to have moments where you're tired or whatever. I'm not perfect. But, you know. <laughs> We'd don't be, be an perfect. asshole. But don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's just unnecessary, I reckon. Mm. And it inhibits other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Mm. That's true. You're kind of creating your own, you create your work environment by how you are. And yeah, that's really true. Especially if you're, established and you're working with newer performers and things like that you're showing them how to behave you're showing them helping them relax or you know i don't know i think it's um you've got to work by example <laughs> mm. was it brett ratner who uh, when when all the stuff has been coming out was it, it was him that uh outed a young actress sort of very <laughs> Uh, aggressively and angrily um yeah it was ellen page brett ratner said um well ellen page said brett ratner outed her as gay in a sexual remark during x-men filming what an asshole yeah a it's none of your fucking business b it's definitely not your place Mm. and c if that's a young actor you're working with oh my god that's gross I, i you know I think people also get to a point where they think they know more than someone who's not as successful or or known or hasn't worked as much. And the thing is you learn (laughs) from people 
who have been in the industry for 50 years and you learn from people who've been in the industry for five minutes because they're coming with fresh eyes, fresh ideas, you know. I, I, oh, God, what an asshole thing yeah. to do. And what a horrible culture to sort of create as well. And like, what's that got to do with anything, though? Like, what? I like Ellen Page. She's awesome. Energy. Yeah. Ellen Page is great. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know she was gay. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't think I did until I, until that came out as well. See, that's up to her to say that, divulge that information if she so chooses as well. Like, at the end of the day, that's, oh, man. Sorry, mm. that's bullshit. Yeah. No, it is. And... You and know, that is not taking care of a younger actor. And that's that's the perfect example of how not to take care of a younger actor when, you know, when you're working with them. Um, a younger person. Yeah, or a younger person. Yeah, that's right. In what yeah. walk of life. But, yeah. yeah, I think to your earlier point, that's why this transitional sort of period at the moment is so powerful and important and necessary. Um and I guess why it could, why it started in the film industry mm. and is now sort of trickling out to other industries as well. Someone said the other day they think um, that this is the best thing that's come out of the Trump <laughs> <laughs> administration because I don't know if this would have happened if it wasn't for him being president. Mm. Well, it all sort of started with the Women's March, I guess. A year yeah. ago, yeah. Nice. I mean, God, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm baffled that he's allowed to continue. I mean, being president for a start, but that mm. he's allowed to continue writing, being a saying, free human being. Well, saying things on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. When, when Rose McGowan's Twitter got shut down, I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> hang on. She's not allowed to tell the truth about what happened to her to the point where her Twitter got shut down and then the president just lies and makes shit up and says the most ridiculous, defamatory, horrible things about people and places and and he's no problem. Keep his Twitter going. Like, oh, man, what is happening? Except for that Twitter employee who shut it down for like oh, yeah. five minutes or whatever it was <laughs> when he was on his way out. Yeah, what a legend. What a dude. Yeah. Was it a guy? I'm assuming it's a guy. Isn't that terrible? Mm, I think it was a guy. But What a cool lady, if it was yeah. a cool lady. What a great human being. <laughs> Excellent maybe, human. Maybe they don't uh, identify with a particular gender. Great. What an unreal human. Mm. Good call. Yeah. Nice move. <laughs> mic drop. That's the mic drop of leaving Twitter. It's like, sorry, Prez. Yeah. Shut it down. Shutting it down. See you, fuckers. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Out you go. And now the government is actually shut down. <laughs> Woohoo. Woohoo. So, you know, you've uh, been doing this stuff in LA as well. Mm. Um, I noticed you have a film coming out, which I didn't even actually know about until I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. That's not my dog. <laughs> is this, are, are you? I am in it. I'm in it. I'm pretty sure I'm in it. I was in, I'm in the trailer, so I'm definitely I made the cut. I mm. made the cut. You seem a bit cagey about it. No, it's awesome. It's it's so awesome. It's just like nothing I've ever done before. So Shane Jacobson shot 
this feature film, full-length feature film, in four days. Oh, wow. Um, and most of it was shot, like, I would say probably 80% of it was shot in one night. Wow. So it's just, it's, I'm not cagey about it. I just don't know how, it's like nothing I've ever done. So he basically just got a bunch of comedians and me, because I'm not a comedian. I was like, what am I in here? What's happening? Um, basically, he got, he got a great group of humans around and went, we're going to tell jokes. Bring your jokes. Because the art of joke telling is dying, you know. And, right. and so the story of the film is that, and his dad, I don't know if you've come across his dad. I know you've spoken to Clay, his brother. His dad, right, he's just so lovely. He's, but he loves a joke, loves a story, and he loves telling a joke. And so I, the, the premise of the film is about the art of joke telling dying. So he has a party to celebrate joke telling and invites all his mates and we all just stand around and tell jokes. Right. The film is, I think it's like 80, 86 minutes and there are 83 jokes told. Wow. So, it, <laughs> yeah. So it's just a it, – do you know what, though? It's such a good time for something like this. We just all need to have a freaking laugh. And there will be really inappropriate jokes and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, he invited me to be part of it. And, and um, I, yeah, just, he's like, you know, just a night, just come and have a, have a bit of a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> and that literally felt like that too. It was really fun. It was really fun. But he shot it, yeah, in four days, full-length feature, and it's coming out in March. And I haven't seen it yet. But I think, I think, <laughs> I rang my dad too because my dad loves telling jokes. My dad's, you know, old school, you know, British actor, writer, director. So he loves it. He loves a story and he loves a joke. And so I rang him and said, oh, give me a, give me your favorites. I'll see if I can get them in there. Because there were a couple of, we sort of got allocated a few. And then he said, bring some others and see what happens. And so I took a couple of dad's jokes along. And from what I heard, Rob Carlton told me that the joke, my dad's joke that I told he said it's in the film and it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked because it's dad's joke. I, I hope I told it well. <laughs> you know, when you retell someone else's thing and it's never quite the same. So, and yeah. I, and, I, and it, we sort of had a bit of a time limit. So I was trying to get it out quickly. It's not a short joke, unfortunately. So I had to get it out. But um, yeah. Yeah. So it's coming out in March. That's exciting. So it's kind of, I guess, a documentary format, or not format, but um, style. Sort of, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's very, it's very naturalistic because we're all standing around talking and telling jokes. It's mm. it's minimal scripting. <laughs> um, there, there is, there are scripted sections between Shane and his dad to sort of right. create the story Thank of you. what we're doing, and um, and put a you know put a sort of full stop at the end as well. So there is, I won't. Give away, okay. give away too many things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. there, are, there is a lovely story that that happens um, throughout it. But for the most part, it's, it's a bunch of people t- telling jokes. That's cool, like yeah. the aristocrats. I haven't seen it. It's very funny. It's but they're all telling the same joke, but like their interpretation <laughs> of the same joke, which is like the quote unquote dirtiest joke. Oh, great! I love that. Mm. Uh, it's a joke off, then, in a sense. Well, oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big old joke Big off. old circle joke off. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch oh. of middle-aged white men with Louis C.K. in the middle. Oh, joking boy. Joking off. Oh. 
All we need is Harvey Weinstein and a plant. Um, Can we share the plant? Is that a threesome? Don't. No, we shouldn't. Gross, that poor plant. Yeah. I mean, did anyone think about the plant? No. No one ever thinks about the greenery. (laughs) No one ever cares about the plants. Yeah. Um, They just get soiled. So they (laughs) they all just try to tell the same joke. Yeah, it's like a lot of... Are it's, they out, it's trying to outdo each other? Well, it's they're not all in the same room. It's like th- oh, okay. that's actually presented like a documentary where they've right. just gone... It, this joke is well known in comedy circles and someone has gone... What's the I joke? Think it was, uh, <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> oh, you got to tell it. Google. <laughs> is it tabooed? Defying off-colour joke. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right. That's quite long. <laughs> uh, this guy walks into a talent agent's office and says, I've got a great act. It's a family act. My wife and little son and daughter in it. We walk on stage and shit. Then we shit. And then I shit. <laughs> While she... Uh, so so what it is, is it's like... They all shit on stage. No, well, I've, I've got this great act, this family act. My wife, little son and daughter are in it. We walk on stage and insert profanity. And then I insert profanity, insert <laughs> profanity, while she inserts profanity. And for the finale, we all insert profanity. So it's like you're basically filling in the blanks right. with the most horrible things that get progressively worse and worse. Got it. Um. The talent agent says, that's horrible. It's disgusting. I've never heard anything like it. What do you call yourselves? Uh, And after a perfect comic beat, the person proclaims the aristocrats. It's possibly the worst setup and punchline in the world. That's all part of the joke. So there's a documentary. The perfect beat. I wonder what the perfect comic beat is. That. (laughs) When I was a kid, I don't know where I heard this or who I learned it from. And I'm... It must have been dad. I'm guessing it was dad. It was my favourite thing to do as a child was to go, okay, okay, I've got a joke for you. You have to ask me two questions. The first question is, what is your profession? And the second question is, why are you the best in the world at it? Okay, go. What's your profession? I'm an Irish comedian. And why Timing. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Very good. Most people laughed because they felt, Amused that a you know seven year old kid was a attempting an Irish accent and b making such an adult kind of joke. Mm-hmm. It was my favourite. It's like the interrupting cow. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm. best. Yeah. Well, we haven't really spoken about anything of <laughs> of any worth. Of any worth. There's nothing in here for you to put on your podcast. No. I'm sorry. I mean, it's actually a really great conversation. I That's think. Lovely. Should we, we start? Should really we start the podcast stuff. now? I should probably press record. Mm, yeah, press record. All right. Uh, work. Oh life, gosh, you know. Films, um, what's the appropriate response for the podcast? Burping. Can't burp still. Still can't fake burp. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone. I think that's that's a thing I get asked a lot. <laughs> How do you fake burp? No, can you please do a burp? Oh really? <laughs> or can you please swear at my husband or you know like swear in a video for so and so (laughs) and how do you respond to that i do it (laughs) (laughs) i don't do i can't do the burp i let everyone down and say i can't do a fake burp but i have spoken to a myriad of people via Mm. little video messages 
using all the profanities Time I can think to of. Get fucked. You should look at that aristocrats joke. You could tell that. I will. Yeah. I'm gonna steal that. Yeah. You can um, tell them about the act that you have with your husband and the kid <laughs> where you shit on stage. Where I insert profanity, which I yeah. think well, sounds I think, horrible in itself. Yeah. I, I think, insert my profanity here. <laughs> yep. There's been lots of profanity insertings. Oh, in, time's up, uh, mate. Time's up with that. No more of that. We have to end the podcast? <laughs> no. Because I still have to ask you about being silly again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, oh I guess God. I just did it, didn't I? What? But no, what? no. I'm trying to think. What I just makes get bored of asking so- the same qu- the question in the same because I've asked it however many times now. Yeah, but it changes. And I keep trying to think change? of how I can refresh. I think there's a good 80 episodes where I just ask where I'm just like, oh, here so, it comes. Hey. Well, thank you so much, Michaela, for doing the podcast. I end every conversation with the same question. That okay. question is, mm-hmm. what would that question be, Alma? How would you tell the aristocrats joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it! It's a new, a new, spin. new spin. No, what? Uh, what what was makes it? me silly? Well, last time you said what made you silly was wine and dancing around to music in your living room. Hilarious! I still dance around the house to music. Actually, Toby makes me silly. We're very, very silly together, and it doesn't take a lot for us to be silly. We have a myriad of stupid voices, and you know. <laughs> There's a lot of laughing going on. Yeah. We make each other laugh a lot. And I think you should be silly as much as you possibly can. And so far, I'm doing very well. Mm. Um, I think being silly too, there's such freedom in it. Like you can, you know, Play. in the confines of your own home. And that's, that's, you know, I think we need to all just be kids in our hearts as much as we can. Mm. So, um, yeah, but, but Toby, Toby makes me silly. We make each other completely stupidly silly. <laughs> I often think, God, if anyone could hear some of the conversations we have, we would be put away mm. into some sort of care facility, um, which would be nice because you know, I like to put my feet up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and wear a free jacket that you, you can know, just hug yourself with. Just, you know, padded walls, depending on the fabric. Could mm. be good. You could sleep standing up. <laughs> That'd be so nice. No, it wouldn't. No. no, that would not be nice. But anyway, yeah, he makes me silly, that's mm. for sure. And and I, yeah, I still love to laugh and I still love to dance around to music in my lounge room on my own. What's on the playlist at the moment? Oh, still loving Sia. I bought Sia's Christmas album. Oh, actually, I got it for Christmas. Um, just, just, yes, I love her. I love you, Sia. She, will she hear this? She does listen to oh it. Oh, my God. Every week. Oh, my God. Um... Wow, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to say. I don't know what to say now. I'm actually overwhelmed. Yeah. I love you. I love you, Sia. I love you so much. See you later. Oh boy. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah.